Hello and welcome to the Hope and Anchor Community Church podcast. Each week we'll bring you the latest preachings from our Sunday services. We hope that as you listen, you encounter God and you're encouraged to go deeper in your relationship with Him. Enjoy the message. Honestly, it's such a great, such a great privilege to be with you guys. Um, I've been thinking about this moment for like several weeks, literally. Um... We can tell we, we looked at each other. We were, we were somewhere around the globe, and we were looking at each other one, one Sunday, and we said, we will give anything to be back, <laughs> back with the church, you know what I mean? And um, we got that privilege today. We're going to come out of Luke 8, 1, 3, but before that, we're going to go to 7, 747. And I would like, if everyone can stand up for the reading of the word, that would be great. We stand up for so many things in life. Why not stand for the reading of the word? And I'm, I'm going to read a couple of verses, literally four verses, and you can stand with that. It says in chapter 7, verse 47 says, Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little, loves little. We jump into chapter 8, verse 1 says, And after this, Jesus traveled about from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. The twelve were with him, and also some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases, Mary called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had come out. Johanna, the wife of Chusa, the manager of Herod's household, and Susanna, and many others. These women were helping to support them out of their own means. You may be seated. God, thank you for your presence, Lord. We ask that you lead this time That, Father, that you take whatever is from you and you mark our souls with it, Lord. And our weeks will show that you have been with us today in this moment. Father, we we trust you for transformation. Father, we make a commitment of trust with you, Lord. We just didn't come only to a physical location to do a religious activity. But, Father, we have come to meet with you. And if you are with us, we will never be the same in Jesus' name. Do you agree? Amen. Today is Palm Sunday, eh? It's one of my favorite Sundays. It's, um, it's one of those Sundays that I believe that the religious or the people that were used to power would agree with me saying it looks really good. And sometimes, and there's different seasons. Hi, Simon. How are you, bro? Nice to see you, bro. There are some seasons that we might think that things are going really well. But Jesus has a way, and God has a way of actually teaching us to observe seasons in a different, in a different tempo, on a different undertone. People were expecting Jesus in the context of this word to come into a place of notoriety and, and being the chief of town. 
They were coming from, from a lot of oppression from the Romans. And, and Jesus was having meetings with the leaders of the law and the people that were in charge of the synagogues in the area. And because of this, people thought something is about to happen. But before that, and people having that expectation, like we have expectations of great things to happen. I don't know of you, but I have expectations over this week. Before this week started, this is Sunday, yesterday, I already have expectations of this week. I don't know you, but I'm not like a fatalist. I'm, I'm more drawn to thinking that, that God is good, and if, if I'm alive, he's going to do something really good. I don't know if you're with me. Can we fill this place with faith? For a sample, you know, I don't know if you came to a place that you're thinking, oh, they're going to give me a bunch of rules. I came to a place, I'm preaching a gospel that says beyond the rules, I will overcome the rules. I will not break them. I will overcome it. I will pay whatever is necessary for you to have a better outcome that you deserve. And that's the gospel that we stand upon. That's the stone upon our feet. This is who we are. We are people that are standing on a stone. That's the gospel. And Jesus is standing on a place, and he's meeting with people that knew the law, but knew little about the love. And that's a congregation we have been going throughout, and in and out, and in the perfect season of love, like we are. We are in Easter. We are reminded of why we meet and why we can meet together. And Jesus is saying, hey, I can meet with you but I'm open for surprises. The first, the first verse that we read is Jesus actually talking to a bunch of men in a house. They were spending a really good time, but they knew little about the Son of God. They were having a great moment, a moment of being with important people. But the people that were there didn't knew that Jesus' priority was with the broken. In a season like we are today, in the world that we're standing today, Jesus stands with the broken. He doesn't stand with the organization of the government. He doesn't stand with the, 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 the little narrative that we can control or the one that we believe, because there's several. Jesus stands with the one that is broken. He doesn't take sides. He looks at the hearts. And as a church, we got to keep that very, very clean. We don't take sides. We look at the heart. Because that's what Jesus in us does. Are you with me? So in the context, he's looking at a prostitute that is coming into a meeting of people that are religious. And she's actually pouring over his feet. And she's not pouring it in a very polite way. She's breaking unrepairably the continent, the content, the vase that she has, the value that she has saved in Jesus' feet. If we had a prostitute coming in through today, I know that several of us will have different thoughts. Yes or no? Who can be honest? Are we going to be church or are we going to be hypocrites? Hypocrites, there's many. You don't need to go to church to be a hypocrite. That comes for free. That's called human. 
But Christians, we could be confessed Christians, confessed hypocrites. <laughs> Any amens? Are you guys alive? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, oh, you can say preach, you can say amen, you can say I like all those things, you know, but that doesn't change the gospel. It doesn't change if you take it. It only allows you to even maybe wonder about in what areas of my life I've been hypocrite this week. Before you start pointing at something, you start thinking, oh, Jesus, why didn't look like you this week? That makes church and Sundays a lot easier. Food for thought. So we are in this moment. Jesus, his feet are wet. Imagine that Jesus was sitting on a chair right now in front of us. His feet are wet with perfume. The perfume is filling the place. It was a concentration of perfume. You have to dilute it to be able to just, just have perfume for longer terms. And Jesus, in these terms, is actually looking at what she gave. She gave a concentrated worship. I don't know if you come on a Sunday to say, Jesus, I, well, I'm here. I don't like the sound. I'm in the, I'm in the back, so I don't understand what they're singing. But Jesus had wet feet. And I don't know if you, you were that prostitute that wetted Jesus' feet today. But a few seconds I got here, I wanted to make Jesus' feet very wet. Because when we worship Jesus, we're making him and his feet wet. I know that you're thinking people, so you understand what I'm meaning. Yeah? Yes or no? This is going to go on Instagram, bro. It's going to go good. So the context of this is grace. And Jesus is actually met by the grace that, you know, the person is met by the grace that is in Jesus. And, and we're thinking of a gospel that is not only looking at what you have done, but it means that it looks at your heart. And Jesus is actually trying to, to, to give an understanding to us as a church, as a people, that he has he has so much to give. And in that context, he says that he has been traveling. He will travel from town to town, from situation to situation. And he will be proclaiming the kingdom of God. And before he will go, these women will go. The same women that was pouring a worship, that was pouring out of her shame, because she had won that perfume out of her shame, out of her sin, she was pouring from her shame into who God is. And sometimes we think we have to present ourselves so holy and so perfect that we never come close, close to Jesus. But Jesus is saying, hey, pour whatever you got in you, and I will give you a new life. And they will go ahead. Jesus trusted them. The people that pour themselves in their shame are so trusted by Jesus that they will go ahead of Jesus, not behind Jesus. They will go ahead of Jesus to be able to represent him. Jesus chose, chosen. I was, cho I was choosing the people that shame to represent the chosen. People choose what looks leery and amazing. But Jesus chooses the low things of life. And that doesn't mean less budget, less arguments, 
less preparation. No, that means a humbler heart. So that's the context. So now we're going to go to the word, okay? So we're going to go into the life of a lady that's called Joanna, like my wife, but without an H. And, um, and she was the wife of the manager, the manager of the ruler of the place. She had money. Back in the day, if you're the wife of the manager, of the one that actually rules the country, you got money. I would say, even nowadays, if you're the wife of the one that manages, the life of the one that manages England, you would have money. Different bank account numbers than you and me probably have. And that's the context. And Joanna is actually walking ahead of Jesus, but because of reason. She had been delivered from an evil spirit, maybe like you and like me have had. And if you didn't have one, take good decisions because you can get one. They're really easy to get. They come for free when you take bad decisions. You know, you make a bad decision, they come for free. And people don't believe on demons anymore. That's a bad word, but they're in the Bible. And we're going to preach about them. So when we know that we have one, we're able to know what we do with them and who has authority about them and over them. That's called Jesus. So whatever you got, don't worry. There's one that has authority over all of them. And she was a lady that was delivered from one of them. And not only that, she was delivered from a disease. And back in the day, there was no MRIs and CT scans and, and all that lot. And definitely not coronavirus. She was not on, on a quarantine. And, and Jesus found her. And she was so grateful that she was delivered from the devil, the devil and the evil spirit. And she was delivered from the disease that she said, I'm going to go ahead of you and I'm going to prepare everything that needs to be prepared for you to be able to be effective. And as a church, uh, this is one of the first things that we got to see because we are, we are them. And some of them, that's the title of today, some of them will go ahead. Not everyone that met Jesus went ahead of Jesus. It was only the one that understood the faith the grace, the power, the person, the ones that didn't cling only to the provision, but actually looked at the source and they were willing to give the source. Joanna was a wealthy woman and she was willing to follow and not only follow, go ahead and represent, put from their own means. It says right there, Joanna, the wife of Shusa, the manager of Herod's household, and Susanna, and many others. These women were helping to support them out of their own means. She was willing to give her money for what Jesus was doing. There was clarity. There was, there was less bureaucratic movement and stuff in the way. And she was willing anyways, because she remembered I had an evil spirit and I was, I was sick, and Jesus stepped into my life. And she's, she's one of them. And some of us are some of them. Not everyone in this room, maybe. I don't know where you're standing, 
Maybe you think I'm condemning you. That's your problem, not mine, really. Your conscience will actually call you out, not me. Not everyone that walked with Jesus kept on walking with Jesus. Some of us are following Jesus because of what we can win, not what we can give. And Jesus was a giver. He was a lover, and love gives. He was not a luster. A luster takes. And the gospel, a true gospel, gives. For God so loved the world that he, I didn't hear that. I, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just jet lagged. So there's no space for lust. It's just a place of giving. Yeah, no, you guys, different versions, the same truth. I love you guys. You guys are amazing. And so on. Some of us actually cling forward so we can get something. Judas actually clinging to Jesus because he could get something. But you know what? He's the one that made the best strength for him to get to the cross. Let's not judge what you got around. Let's walk faithfully. Are you with me? Ooh, I don't know if you're going to like me about this one, eh? So the Lord is gracious. That's actually the meaning of the word, of the name Joanna. Joanna, the Lord is gracious. The grace of God is with me. So that's the real meaning of it. And this lady is saying... Not only through what happened to me, but through my name, my identity is based on what God has done for me. What God has done for me has to do with who I am. And some of us are looking for our identity and how people call us. But Joanna had a better word. She had a name that meant the Lord has been gracious. And I can see there's many male and female Joannas in this place. Joanna's name comes from the root of John. Don't worry, man. Don't worry about it, mate. Because some of us, some men in this place have to say, the Lord has been gracious to me. And I have not acted according to what I deserve. I have acted according to the grace that has been given unto me. Can someone say amen? We need to be a church that is alive. A church that remembers where we come from. A church that is marked, a church that is molded, and a church that is transformed. The life of Joanna, it was marked by the miracle and the deliverance. It was molded by the ministry, the walking with Jesus, the walking ahead, the serving of the ministry. And it was transformed by the truth that was in his heart, it was delivered. How much of that truth we are allowing in? Are we taking this in a religious way or are we allowing the truth of God to come into our hearts? Do we come to do and to click it out and to check it out of our list because we think it's a good thing to do and it gives us a certain peace of mind and we're not tapping into the greatest peace that means being transformed and renewed according to his mind. It means according to the way that he thinks. Joanna was walking with God. She was walking with Jesus as she was being transformed. Then we have another story. We're going to talk about three. This is the first one. You graduated. It's really good for you. Second step. Second step, we're going to go into Luke 17. 
Luke 17, 11, 19. Are you with me? Should we go there? There you go. It says, now on this way, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And as he was going into a village, a village, doesn't say where, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice. Not like you worship. In a loud voice. Show me how you worship. It, it looked exactly like that. Exactly. As in a loud voice. Say that I've been called by grace. I don't need a speaker to tell me how much I love Jesus. I don't need the echo to tell me if I'm worshiping right. I don't need the lyrics or to know the lyrics to think that the goodness of God is standing in me. We are the church. We are the people. We've been bought by blood. That was, that was a story. <laughs> but in that context, Luke, it just gives us a little bit of a context, you know. He was, he was, traveling, he, he was traveling along the border. Between the this and the that. How many are traveling between the this and the that in your life? You know, in the, in the middle of life, in the middle of the week, you're like, oh, this and the that of life. You know what I mean? I mean, if you want to be real, right? You know, you know, when you like open your phone at 2 a.m., you know, and you're like in between the this and the that. You know, when you're adding someone in your Instagram you're walking in between the and the, you know, when you eat something, you're choosing in the menu between the this and the that, because you know where you're at. And that's, that's the context. So this leper was part of a group of 10. And and he, I mean, Jesus was walking along the border and he was going between Samaria where the Jews were not loved and Galilee where he, Jesus really knew a lot of people, you know, where I don't know and I'm not loved and, and where I'm wanted, you know, all these re, like, relationships that we have, it's just, uh, it's just food for thought. And um, he was going into a village and 10 men with leprosy met with him. And he was going in, and he, he st they stood at a distance because back in the day, people would not fake and not filter their need or their disease. They didn't need to have only a mask. They needed to shout that they had the coronavirus. Sorry there, leprosy. Sorry. <laughs> Sometimes you never know, you know, not <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> and... And Jesus was walking through, and they stood at a distance, and they called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, Jesus, Master. How many times this week you call Jesus your master? Because master is a word that a slave calls the one that owns him. Are you owned, or are you for grabs? It depends. I mean, during the week, are you someone that is for grabs from the devil? You know, it's the devil going around the city and saying, oh, that's for grabs. 
She doesn't have a master. Ooh, he, oh, he doesn't have a master. That's for grabs. Are you for grabs or you have a master? You got a master. And if we don't have a master, we're for grabs. And that's the truth of life. I don't care how much you want to go into theology or nothing. If you don't have a master, you're for grabs. Some of us actually live in houses that we share houses and we share a fridge. And some of us have written our names into some of those. We live in London, baby, you know? And you share a, a fridge with someone, and either with your kids or with someone else, you know? I mean, you might be, not be sharing the room, but you might be sharing the fridge. Yes or no? Can someone say amen? Come on, you guys are alive. And something that happens that when you don't mark what is yours, what happens? Is for? Is for grabs. And when we are not marked with actions, with the name of the Lord, we are for grabs. We are for grabs. And these people said, Jesus, Master. They named themselves behind the curtain. They named themselves behind the anchor. They named themselves behind the hope. They said, we're yours, Master. We belong to you, Master, Master. Master, I don't, I don't even have to know the sin you're struggling with. If you name yourself behind your master, your master will defeat your sin. The grace that is in him, the power, the blood that he shed is available for you. So if you mark yourself behind that one, baby, you're on fire. You don't have to be better at this side of the curtain. At this side of the rope, at this side of the situation, if you say, Master, as you walk with him along the border, you will find that someone is paying a price for you. And that's our Jesus. So they were there, and, and they were hanging out in the middle of their shame, and ten of them asked, and Jesus answered to the ten of them. In the story if you look at it in the different books, it says that they asked, if you want. And then Jesus said, of course I want. Jesus is never late. Sometimes we'll look late for the right answer. And Jesus said, of course I want. But I want to underline that only one of them in this story came back. He says, Jesus asked, in verse 15, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, Jesus had healed them and said, hey, you know what? Show yourselves to the perfect-looking people. Show yourself to hope and anchor. The ones that look good, the ones that go in the Sunday. Show yourself to them, and then you will be healed. And on the way to hope and anchor on a Sunday, they were healed. So hope and anchor could not take the glory. It was God's glory, really, and that's really good. But one of them, didn't come into hope and anchor. He started having a relationship with Jesus. He went back to the source of the miracle. And I'm not saying don't come on a Sunday. I'm saying it is more powerful what happens between you and Jesus during the week than what you experience when we are together. And actually, this is a place of giving up to him instead of coming in so thirsty that you can deny what is served in front of you, if you come sufficed, if you come healthy, if you come not thirsty, but giving, this is a different place.
Are you with me? Not every church talks back about themselves, so don't worry about it. And Jesus is in that moment saying, hey, where are the rest? Where are the rest of the people? Because there's some of them that will come back. Not all of them. Not all of them that were healed actually came back, but some of them. Maybe in this case, one of them. Maybe that's your case. Maybe there's some around in this place that will come back to Jesus after we have received our miracle. Maybe there's some. I'm not even judging you, but maybe not all of us will come back. Maybe some of us will come back and say, I'm, I'm one of them. Like Joanna remembered when she was healed and delivered. This man remembered to proclaim the truth. You're healed. We are a church that proclaims the truth. It's not about us. It's about Jesus. There's no magic. There's no trick. There's no Sunday that can make you so holy. It's your life with Jesus. That's the gospel. Don't let anyone tell you that if you come and you give and if you light the candle and you behave morally correct, you're nearer to Jesus. No, no, no. It is a relationship with Jesus. It's not morale that saves you. It's being known by Jesus. There's some people that are better than all of us together. But they don't fear the Lord. And sometimes those are not known by the Lord. Like Joanna, like this leper. Are we people that remember the grace? Are we like the prostitute that was just before when Jesus started walking towards the next town? Are we like that prostitute that just gave everything that she won with her shame to be able to glorify the one that needed and deserved all the glory? This is the gospel. Are you with me? One last story. Because from the first one, we get modeled, we get marked. In Joanna's life, we get transformed. We can see the principle of obedience in the leopard. He walked and then he was healed. And then he realized that he was healed by the word of one. He was showing himself. He was on the way to show himself to the priest. But the power came from the one that declared the truth. Are you with me? So he was obedient. In this season, as a church, God is wanting us to be. What? Jesus is saying, if you walk with me, you will be molded and marked and transformed. And as you struggle, your obedience will bring freedom and deliverance and healing into every area that you're struggling with. And last, we got Peter. And there's always Peter. I love Peter. Peter looks like all of us. We're stubborn and we think we know what we're doing. Yes or no? There's some disciples in this place. And Peter is with the disciples in John 6. And he's actually kind of struggling to make means with a little departure and movement. We think that if we're walking with Jesus, everything is going to be perfect. 
And in the world of today, we are, we are learned to be so sensitive to it that if it doesn't go our way, there's something wrong. If I don't understand it, there's something wrong. But in the way that the world really ticks, not what we understand of it, not the world teaching that we got today, when it's wrong, it's not that it's wrong. When it's wrong, you look for Jesus. And in this moment, Jesus was teaching how to live by faith. And that's something that we need to understand nowadays. Because like never before in history, we need faith. If you turn your TV, you need faith. If you actually look in your Facebook, you need faith. If you look at your Instagram likes, what is it? You need faith. If you look at your record, if you look at your bank account, if you look at what the governments are doing, if you look, if you look, if you look, if you look, that's why faith is not by sight. And we're not called to walk by sight. We're called to walk by faith. But to walk by faith, we need a good ingredient. We need direction. And we need to understand our purpose. We need to understand our core. And to that, to that context, the disciples are talking to Jesus. And they say in verse 66, it says, From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. God bless you. You know, half, half of the church can go now. Don't worry about it. You do not want to leave me too? He said to the first four rows on the church, you know what I mean? He asked the 12. And Simon Peter, Simon Peter, the one that was always talking out of his impulse. I don't know. Do you have it? Who is impulsive? I mean, this is, this is a good moment to say I'm impulsive. And sometimes I do or say, who are the doers? Who are the doers in the house? You know, the ones that actually do something and then you say like, Ah, I just did that. And you know, and, and you don't say it too much, you know, to many people. You say it to the one friend that says, it's okay. <laughs> Who are the thinkers? Who are the ones that think about doing something and you look holy, but you're definitely as heathen as everyone else? I, uh, your, man, you, your hand is like here. If you want to say amen, you got to do that. Yeah, there you go. There you go. We all can look pretty in front of faith. And truth. But deliverance comes when we are vulnerable. And in this place, Jesus is saying, do you want to leave me? <laughs> I love when Jesus goes gangster. Um, because he's not looking for, you know, saving face. He's not looking for reputation like Christians nowadays we do. He's not looking to look good on Instagram and definitely better on Facebook. He's looking for truth and for life. He's looking to see us free and free indeed. So he's not going to fake it in front of our brokenness because he's here to defeat it. Because when we follow, Jesus can do what Jesus came to do. It's to win and win indeed. And Jesus is saying, do you want to follow? They left me because they love how people looked at them. They, I mean, they left when people were criticizing how they were in the streets. They left when people started mocking them. They left when it got too difficult to explain why you go on a Sunday morning or afternoon somewhere. They left. Do you want to leave? Jesus was like clean cut. He was a gangster. 
He was not asking for permission to be. He is. He's the great I am in body, in flesh. And he was walking in authority and in a love and in a grace that opened the door or confronted you when you really want to walk through it. And some of us need a Jesus that confronts us with the doors that he opened and we didn't walk through. And the disciples were in front of Jesus, in front of the door. He said, I am the way. And they were in front of the door just kind of looking, oh, it looks difficult, Jesus. You know, when in, during the week you say, well, I don't want to lie. And that friend is asking me if I, um, you know, Do you want to follow him? Do you want to leave too? And Simon, the one that, you know, had a problem and a really near connection between his feet and his tongue. Every time he put his tongue in his feet, you never knew what landed first, you know what I mean? He would actually mess it up before he could step into it because he would talk about it. Maybe you and me are like that with the blessings that we got. Sometimes we go into a blessing and we are so used to complaining that we mess it up. We're so used to actually getting away with a little thought and we think that we can think whatever we want to think and no one is going to be hurt with that. And we think that complaining is a holy thing. But whatever your argument is, it's a drape of injustice in front of God. I don't care what you think is holy. God is a lot more holy than your little thoughts. And Jesus is asking, are you going to follow me or are you going to walk with them? Oopa. No amens now. I know, Jesus. I know. They didn't like this part, you know. It is what it is. But, it, you know. And Jesus is teaching them about how to walk. How to renounce. How to kind of get rid of this pest, this coronavirus that we call our human rights. You know, when you think you deserve something, you're completely infected because it is by grace that we're saved. You know, and the world teaches us and society teaches us that, you know what, you have to preserve yourself. But in the Bible, it says very contrary. It says to the ones that didn't took themselves so seriously, that didn't kept their lives, they will win them. So that's the gospel. Don't get contaminated with the corona that's going around, yeah? That sticks to you. That sticks to the way that you breathe and you think and you look at life. Don't get contaminated. Say to someone next to you, Ch -ch -ch -ch. don't get contaminated. Ch -ch 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 -ch. Don't get contaminated. And he's teaching them how to renounce to their rights and how to have faith and how to get rid of their ego and their arguments and the light that they're standing under, their understanding. He's teaching them how to stand under a different light. He's saying, hey, if you follow me, because they left, if you want to go, go. But if you follow me, you're going to have to stand under a different light. You got you, you to let go of your ego. And you know those little things that you call right? Ah, you got to go. And sometimes we get in love with them. I have the rights be free I have the right not to be in prison I have the right to be healthy I did everything right so I'm have the what 
Do you? You see what I mean? And Jesus is saying, do you want to leave too? But Peter says, Lord, to whom shall we go? First of all, to whom? He's saying, I belong to you. I'm a slave. You're my master. You remember the master? Master, slave. Master, slave. Peter's saying, you're my master. To whom I should leave? With whom should I go? And see, this is the problem. As a church, maybe sometimes we don't see ourselves as slaves. And I know this is painful. And it doesn't go with our human rights. But as the truth of the gospel, he's the master. And you know what? The ones that are behind him, they're covered by their Lord. We think we have to win our own battle. But he says the battle is mine. The battle is the Lord's. To whom shall we go? And then he continues. This is like even further. He actually kind of like, Jesus asked the question and he goes even further because he was near. Sometimes we don't know what Jesus is asking from us because we're not near. We don't have an in-the-middle-of-the-week relationship with Jesus. We're expecting a Sunday to fill our lamp of oil and light and understanding like we had a relationship all week. But that's not Peter. Peter is saying, mate, where, where should we go? You have the words of eternal life. And as a church, this Palm Sunday, God is transforming something. Our streets are demanding the gospel. As a church, we have the privilege of moments like this, but we have the responsibility to share the presence of God that is among us in moments like this. Are you feeling the presence of God? If you are not, ask for help. We'll pray with you. We won't go until you flipping feel the presence of God. Because what the world is needing is the presence of God. It's not an argument. You're not going to win a conversation. And if you win the conversation, you will lose probably the soul. What you want to look at is in the eyes of the person, the moment that the light of Jesus, the presence of God, enlightens their understanding. This is Palm Sunday. This is the Sunday that Jesus decided not to go with big, big stands. He didn't decide to go with a horse. He decided to go with a donkey. And you look like a donkey to me. You can say it to your parents, to your friend. My pastor said I look like a donkey, you know. <laughs> because you do. You look like something that God can trust. You're looking at what people think. I'm telling you about what God God is thinking. You don't want to be the donkey. You want to be the horse. You want to look good. You want to have that filter. Some of us are donkeys that are looking for a filter that makes us look like the horse. <laughs> but you know what? Stay a donkey. Jesus trusts the donkey. You know, he chose the donkey. He anointed the donkey. The donkey that was not even ridden before. Don't allow anyone else's thoughts to put a fingerprint over you. It was the donkey that had not been ridden, says the Bible. Jesus chose the one that didn't have the pedigree. 
if you don't have the teaching, if you don't have the pedigree, but you love like Jesus has loved you, the people will know that there's a Jesus that saves and saves indeed. That is not judging, but it keeps them near. That when they're sick, he will put their hands in them and their healing of the Lord will flow. You are that donkey. Don't worry about it. Because we have direction. Our ego is not on the way. Our arguments have been dissipated. And we are standing under a different light of forgiveness, of grace, of direction that takes us from what we have been doing into what our purpose demands from us. Are you with me? I don't know you, but I want to be part of a church that is walking with purpose, that is looking at people with that love that actually picked me up from my grave from the things that I have done, that picks me up every morning when I'm low, that gives me hope when I have none, that gives me peace when I have done everything in my strength to lose the peace. I don't know you, but I want to follow a Jesus. I'm not going to let go, and I'm not going to go with the ones that didn't like this hard gospel. I want to be rebuked, and I want to be taught how to find a Jesus on the way, how to be found by him in the way, how to follow him in his ways, I want to be walking with Jesus. In this Palm Sunday, you can stand. I want to be part of a church. I want to be part of a church that, as some of them are, we're part of a global church. We might have a little name that depicts us in our geographical location, and that's human. But we got to have a mentality that is global. We have been marked with the blood actually is around the world. That is not marking only a name. It is a covenant of salvation of eternity. Peter said, in your mouth is the words of eternal life. You have them. And if we have them, we can share them. God is transforming us from inside. He's not wanting to transform your little tendency, your little understanding. He's not wanting only to give you hope when you have two pounds, five pounds in your pocket, or when you think the others are talking behind your back, or when you think that that, that um, upgrade in your work should have been yours and not that other person's, or when you think, I should have had an, a better word in that test. Or maybe I should not be working in this work. Jesus is saying, do you follow me? Today, I believe the word that God has for us is that. I use some of them. And that's something very, very private. Don't answer that quickly in front of Jesus. You're not answering in front of men. You're answering in front of God. All of us are accountable to one, and that's definitely not me. That is to God. And we're accountable to Him, and there's no way we can say anything that is not true to Him. And when we stand into Him, I want to be counted as one of them. There are some of them out there 
then look at your neighbor and say, oh, that's definitely not one of them. Because maybe they're looking at you and, the, and just giving you back the same favor. But are you one of them? There's some of them. The world is looking for some of them. It's not looking for everyone to be. You know, well, everyone is doing. Yeah, but the world is looking for some of them. Some of them didn't bend their knees in front of the situation. Some of them didn't believe so hard the bad news that they stopped believing that the hope was stronger, that the healing was fuller, that the provision was more than complete. There were some of them. And if you're in this place and God gave us this word, you might be one of those that the world would say, some of them. But that's your word. And if it's your word, you got to make it yours. You got to live it. You got to walk it. At least limp it. Jesus is not asking you to be perfect. He's asking you to resemble a perfect love. And with that love, He will make you perfect. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, Father, we have heard your word, and Father, I try to deliver it as best as I can. Thank you for your power in this room. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for the models, Father, of gratefulness, grace. Thank you for the things that you have delivered us from and you have healed us from. Thank you, Father, for us to be able to know where is the source of the provision and not only be blinded by the provision. Father, thank you because we can say that only in you. Father, we can stand. Thank you, Lord. And Father, we want to say, and this is, if this is your prayer, you can say out loud. Father, we want to say, we are one. We're one of those. Father, in the name of Jesus, every heart to every soul, Father, that has been walking with you, Lord, and is tired, Father, would you replenish them? Would you give them hope and understanding right there in the place? If that's you, you can lift your hands. Everyone, eyes closed, bow down. This is a private moment for you and for your neighbor. Father, in the name of Jesus, to each one of us that feel, that feel inadequate or dirty, Father, that we think that we don't have the strength for this week or the strength to follow you. Father, the ones that we feel fake. Father, in the name of Jesus, let your grace fill this room. Let your grace fill this room. In the name of Jesus. Father, for the ones that have been walking with you, Lord. That have been walking the promise of healing, Lord. But maybe have forgotten, Lord, that it has been you, not the system. Not universal credit. Father, nothing else has provided. It was you. Father, we come back to you. And say, Father, we come back to the source. Our faith is based in you. 
No other blessing can actually suffice, Lord, is you. We're molded, marked, transformed, and we are obedient to you. Father, for the ones that we have lost the way, or maybe we have seen others leave, Lord, the way, and we're tempted, Father. Father, give us the strength to understand that it's only in you. It's in only in your words that we can stand. You are the rock of ages. You have been despised by generations and others that thought themselves wise, but where are them? But Father, in you we can stand. We can stand and be saved. Father, in the name of Jesus, we release every fear. Father, every disease, Father, everything that comes from generations in this room. Father, in the name of Jesus, everything, every demon that comes to oppress during the week. Father, in the name of Jesus, some of people in this room, during the week, something visits you. And when you come on a Sunday, it's like you can, you can believe and you can get it. But today, there's a day of deliverance in front of you. If that's you, you can lift your hand. Every eye closed, every head bowed. Father, in the name of Jesus, Father. If that's you, lift your hand in front of your God. Everyone with their eyes closed, every head bowed. This is for no one but for you, between you and your Jesus. Father, I talk into that spirit of death. Father of oppression, Father. Father of, of lunacy, Father, that allows our focus to be derailed father in the name of jesus i speak life and focus that comes from heaven father i speak salvation into every pore into every father every connection in our brain father in the name of jesus in the name of jesus into every relationship that takes us down on a tuesday you know when you don't answer that call because you know that person is going to take you down in the name of jesus the grace the grace the grace the grace the grace because only in you we find the words of eternal life we bless you Lord we bless you Lord we bless you Lord Father we bless you Lord do you bless the Lord do you bless the Lord has done something for you do you bless the Lord Father we bless you we bless you there where you are you can lift your voice remind heaven remind heaven remind heaven who you belong to master 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 I want to be yours master if I've lost the way master I'm yours master clear my head out master father in the name of Jesus each one of us Lord. each one of us Lord. thank you Lord Thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions or would like to share how God is speaking to you through this message, let us know on any of our social media platforms. Make sure to visit our website, hopeandanger.org, for more information on who we are as a church and to find out how you can be part of the Hope and Anchor family. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.